welcome back to the BYO Chair Podcast. In this episode, I chat to a man named Paul Clark. Paul lost both his legs back in 1999 and he's now getting around very well on two prosthetic legs and a walking stick. He tells us how this horrible accident happened and how he now focuses on what he can do, not what he can no longer do. I'm sure you will enjoy this amazing story of a brave young man who's still focusing on what is important in life. I have to mention that whilst recording this episode, I had a great deal of brain fog from some of the medication I'm taking to help deal with my spinal cord injury, so I apologise for my fogginess in this episode. Also, don't forget you can get yourself a BYO Chair podcast t-shirt or a singlet just by sliding into the podcast DMs. This episode is brought to you by our amazing sponsors, Valley Meal Prep. For amazing restaurant-quality healthy meals delivered to your door, look no further than Valley Meal Prep. Use the code BYO10 for 10% off at checkout. The legends at 3099 Jerky have taken the leap and gone full throttle into the jerky game, making it their full-time gig. So go support a small family-run business that's going to take the jerky world by storm. Use the code BYO10 for 10% off at checkout. We are kitted out by the team at Camprint. Camprint do top quality prints on top quality garments. They can get your workwear, streetwear and corporate wear sorted in a quick and easy process with a very quick turnaround. Just get in touch with the team on their socials or on their website at camprint.com.au. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe to the BYO Chair podcast on all social platforms. All right, everyone, welcome back to the BYO Chair Podcast. I've got a special guest with me today. His name's Paul Clark. Welcome. Welcome to the garage, Paul. Thanks, Mitch. Thanks for having me. No dramas at all, mate. How you been? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah? Bad. Yeah? No complaints. Yeah. That's the way? Over the Christmas break now? Yeah, over that. Yep. yep. So, new year. Yep. yep. New job, you said? Yeah, new job. Started last um, August, sort of. Transitioned from one role into a new role. Um, okay. There was a transition period until about mid-September, but... Yep. Yep. Yeah, tell us a bit about that if you can. Um, the role itself. Oh, what you were doing and now what you're doing yep. as, a, as a new role. Okay, so what I was doing, um, I've been working for an organisation called Nexus Primary Health. Um, yep. Sort of covers Mitchell, Shire, Murrindindi and Strathbogie. Yep. And um, I was working... Uh, in customer service, yep, um, just mainly with GPs, um, but uh, I completed a uh, diploma of community services, case management, yep, and um, had to do work placement. Did my work placement with our access and support team, yep, um, and care finder team, and um, was offered a role in that team, so I took it up. Beautiful, mm. that's all right, and you're enjoying it so far. Love it, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Nothing beats going to work and you actually enjoy it because, uh, you know, I've worked jobs before and you, you dislike it. You wake up and you're in a shit mood from the minute you open your eyes, you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, yeah, but um, no, that's all right. So, whereabouts are you from? Uh, at the moment, well, last 18 years in Clonmanane. Yep. Um, before then, Epping, Reservoir. Yep. Um, yes, yeah, so the northern suburbs, Melbourne. Yeah, okay, yep. Oh, there you go. You grew, obviously grew up in Victoria. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, nice. That's all right. So, uh, like I informed you about the uh, the three, what are you doing or what are you watching, what are you reading, what are you listening to, 
Time to answer that's now, brother. So what are you watching? What are you listening to? And what's your reading material? All right. Just finished watching a series on Netflix called, uh, what was it called? Rake. Um, I think it was on the ABC. Okay. Yeah, that was not too bad. Yeah, um, what's that about? Oh, a bloke, he's, um starts as a barrister. Yeah. Um, defending some criminal cases and uh, ends up. In politics towards the end. Don't want to give it away in case people haven't watched it yet, but it goes for about five seasons. Um, yep. Yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah, it's beautiful. Australian, Australian film in Sydney. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, right. Oh, that's okay. Um, what I'm reading, nothing. Jack shit. Love uh, it. Yep. That's all right. What are you listening to? Listening to anything. Yeah? Anything. Music-wise, podcasts. Do you, do you listen to many podcasts? No. Yeah, no, fair enough. Never really listen to podcasts. Um, here and there, um, maybe I've something on yeah um, but mainly um yeah any sort of music yeah um, sometimes i'll get home open a beer put on the um little bluetooth speaker and listen to tunes off spotify mm-hmm. um in my likes list oh gee i've got stuff from the 50s right up to today yeah um yeah i'll listen to anything yeah it's good it's good range of music there anything that goes down well with the beer yeah yeah which is uh pretty much everything mm. <laughs> you know everything <laughs> So no, that's all right. Um, so I've brought you in today. We're we're friends of family, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they they mentioned your well. They they briefly told me about your story when I told them. You know, I was starting a podcast, and it was sort of based around not only injury, adversity, you know, overcoming pretty serious hurdles in life that you know a lot of people would just cop it and this is the end of me, and I'm I'm done. Um, but the people I usually get on are people that, um, grab the bull by the horns to speak. And, um, yeah, you, from what I heard, mate, you, you're definitely one of those people that just, this is what it is and I'm going to show it how it's done. So, um, yeah, Paul, if you could give us a bit of a brief rundown on, on your injury and then, yeah, we'll just go from there. We'll see what happens. No drama. So, um, 1999, December. Yep. Um, I'm away home from work. Uh, fell, in, fell onto the train tracks yep. um, in Melbourne. Um, was down there apparently for five minutes. Um, There's some surveillance footage of me falling and the time recorded when I fell to when um, the train came through. Yep. Um, so all just reports from transit police because I don't remember any of it. But um, okay. yeah, knocked myself unconscious when I hit the um, the ground in the pit yep. of the train station. Um then lie there for roughly five minutes. The train come through. Fuck. Uh, yeah, it took me um, 40 metres and... Wow, man. Hit, hit me 60 kilometres an hour. Dragged me, um, yeah, the 40 metres and then um, I was under the second carriage by the time the train stopped. Yep. It took him about an hour and a half to get me out from underneath the train. And Were you conscious at that time? No. Um, apparently I woke up for about... Well, I woke up uh, while there was somebody under there. Well, while I was trying to get me out. Um, and I asked somebody what was going on, and then I was just out of it, out of it again. Yep. yep. Yeah, right. Fuck, that's, that's hectic, mate. Yeah, so that's what took place then. Um, then I was taken to Royal Melbourne Hospital. Yep. Um, put on life support. Yep. Um, ventilator, all that stuff. Um, in an induced coma. I had yep. lots of injuries that needed to heal. Um, lots of swelling. Uh, I think there's nine operations. Uh, ended up um, amputating my left leg to the or just below the hip 
and yep. my um, right leg um, just below the knee. Okay. And, um, yeah, I think it was two weeks maybe that I was in an induced coma or something around that sort of time frame. And, yep. um, yeah, then just a real slow wake-up process because, of course, being on morphine and yep. whatever else um, to induce that in coma, uh, coma um, yeah, it took a while to wake up. But a slow wake-up, so... By the time I think I was fully awake, um, I just knew what had happened. It wasn't like I woke up. People often ask me, um, Paul, what did you think when you first wake up? Were you shocked? And, well, not really because that wake-up process took a long time. Yeah. Yeah, when I was a co- sorry, when I was in a coma when I was younger, I, I remember waking up and I had a neck brace on and I, I didn't know where I was and I was, they had that big bright light above you. And I thought that someone was trying to choke me to death. I didn't know what, what had happened to me. Um, and, yeah, I just just remember screaming like you're trying to fucking kill me. And, you know, I, I think that's when maybe my mum or a nurse or someone come in. And, yeah, that's – it's strange how there's two different – you know, there's a slow wake-up process and, uh, you know, mine from memory was very, very quick. Yeah, that, that's wild. So, how long were you were you in a coma for? Did you say? Oh, uh, I'd only be guessing. I think it was maybe two weeks. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Around, around that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, were you, how long were you in the hospital? Uh, Royal Melbourne. So I was there till maybe maybe toward middle middle of January. So it happened on the fifteenth of December. Yep. Um. Yeah, it would have been maybe early Jan, mid Jan before I was moved to. Bethesda at Epworth. Okay. Um, so that at the Epworth Hospital in Richmond, there's a, a ward there for people who um, have an acquired brain injury. Yep. Um, so after, well, from the accident, I did receive an acquired brain injury. Yep. So I was put into that hospital, um, did a little bit of rehab there. I don't think they really found too much wrong with my brain. So um, I ended up just getting moved on to Royal Talbot. Um, yep. Ended up there on the 11th of February. Um no, that was the day after my birthday, and um, yeah, I was there f- till April that year, so till Easter. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah okay. And there's what ward were you on there? Uh, the Talbot. Uh, sorry, yeah, um, Royal Talbot. So um, Mallow Ward. Mallow Ward, yeah, that's next to the Spinal Ward, yeah. Well, when I was there, it was in a different spot, so it was upstairs. It was, oh, okay. Um, yeah, I think level three, same, same level as the cafeteria. Yep. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Okay, I know I think I know the the area. Yeah, so now Mallor Ward is down the bottom. That's right. Level one, yeah. Yep. That's Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, so once you got to Royal Talbot, what was your what was the days looking like there? Uh well when I first got there, um I was kind of I was put into a, a shared room, which I wasn't really used to. Yeah. Um and it wasn't too long before I was put into a, a room by myself because, you know, I was only 19 years old at that point. Oh, just shit, nine, that's fucking young man. Yeah, 19 in one day. This was one day after my birthday I got to Royal Talbot. Um, yeah, so I, was, I, I ended up getting put into a, a private room by myself. Um, and, yeah, pretty much started physiotherapy within a few days. Yep. Um, had a good physiotherapist there. I um, believe that she still works there. Yeah. Um, and, 
yeah, um, just slowly learned to walk. Okay. So what was the prosthetics time period like? Okay. With the um, prosthetics, so the one below the knee on my right side, um, there was a couple of wounds there that just needed the heel before they could really start casting a, a prosthetic limb for that side. Yep. Um, on the other, on the left side, the injuries were a little bit pretty bad there. I had a big skin graft put on that spot. Yep. And that took a long time to heal. Yeah. Um, so I did have to wait. I think it was around about maybe October or November that year before they could actually cast a socket for that side. Yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, did have to wait a long time for that one. But I did hop around, hopped on um, one leg for, for quite a few months. With uh, with crutches or just literally hopping around? Yeah, with crutches. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, and use a wheelchair a lot. Yep. yep. Yep, they're bloody handy wheelchairs, aren't they? They are, yeah. yeah. Spend too much time in it, I think. But, yeah, that's that's interesting. So what was... What was the t- what was the time period you said at at Talbot? It was August. Um, no, it was I was an inpatient there from um, well the eleventh of Feb until yep. Easter. Yeah. That year, so it was only yeah only a couple of months, few months, three months. Yeah. Okay. And then what would you go back to Talbot for rehab? Yeah. So an outpatient. I was going to physio originally. Um, I think it was maybe two or three times a week. Yep. And it just slowly. Uh, you know, ended up being nothing. Um, it was probably by around about December that year um, when I got the the leg for the left hand side. Yep. Um, that's when I think I pretty much finished the physiotherapy. But then, I mean, that's twenty three years ago or something now. So yep. Yeah, my memory's not the best, but um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And so after you left Talbot, there was sorry. Once you got your um, your left leg. There was no more physio, even as an outpatient anywhere, or no, not really. Um, no, I don't think there was. Just um, time to time, like I'm still an outpatient with them. Yeah. Um, even 23 years later, but um, every time I go in to get adjustments done or fittings for new um, sockets for limbs, um, for the legs, um, every now and then, yeah, I'll go up and I'll see the physiotherapist and might do a couple of little things, but yeah, pretty rare now. I'm not an inpatient at all or an outpatient, sorry, with physiotherapy at all um, anymore with them. Yeah. Yeah, okay. How many sessions a week of physio were you doing when you were in there, when you were living in there? Twice a day. Oh, really? Yeah, five days a week. Fuck, that's brilliant. Mm, yeah. yeah, that's really good. What, hour sessions, 45-minute sessions, whatever? Oh, yeah, test my memory. Yeah, maybe, okay. Maybe an hour each time. Yep. yep. Yeah, right. Was there anything else that you were involved with in there, any other um, programs or – Anything like that? Not really. Um, I mean, there was some kind of a social outing group thing which I did get involved in. There was one thing where we went to the um, Albert Park Lake and they had the little yacht things and, um, yeah, went out on the yacht um, just around the lake. And there was another time I went to the movies, I think. Um, And, yeah, that was probably about it. But after... I'd been in there for maybe a week or so and I started meeting people and I started feeling more relaxed. Um, it became really social. Yep. Um, I was smoking cigarettes at the time, so I was always out the back having a cigarette. Um, yep. Back then you were allowed to smoke in hospitals. Oh, not in hospitals, but outside hospitals. Yep. Um, so I could just... Hey, go. it doesn't stop people these days, mate. No. When I was at Austin Hospital, people were outside, hooked up to buddy, looked like an oxygen tank and they got their mask in one hand and a cigarette in the other. I was just like... 
hell this is fucking like imagine being a nurse and you're looking after that patient because they're crooked somehow and they're outside just punching darts like they're fucking owing money you know just it's not not a good look is it nah <laughs> i don't know i'd feel pretty disrespected if you know if i had something wrong with me to the point where i needed an oxygen tank or whatever but yeah i guess that's a Something I probably shouldn't speak on, knowing that I'm not in that situation. But yeah, when I was out there in the no smoking area and breathing in more smoke than fresh air, uh, even I felt a little bit disrespected. So yeah, but there you go. That's yeah. So yeah, they got smoking areas for that. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. So I ended up being fairly social. Um, met a few blokes down in the um, spinal ward. So the spinal ward, um, when I was there. Is still where it is now, yeah. Um, downstairs, but that was all there was downstairs. Um, so, um, yeah, I used to go down and see see some blokes down there, and then um, zoom around in the wheelchair everywhere. Um, yep. Met a few few good mates out of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't too bad. Oh, there you go. Are you still friends with anyone that you met in there, or do you still keep in contact? Oh, I do. Um, there, yeah, there's a couple of people, but not mainly um, people that work there. Yep. yep. Yeah, yeah. I've I've made some good friendships from, you know, staff that work there and whatnot because, mate, they're superstars, aren't they? Just to be able to, I suppose, I don't think I'd be able to switch off if I had a role like that. But, you know, they seem to come into work every day chipper as and, you know, it, for me, I think I'd, I, I don't, I don't think I have the, the mental strength to be able to come in like I was extremely happy or I don't know for though I guess being a patient in there it gives you a bit of a different perspective of how a nurse would be but for me it was a bit of a like a bit of a buzzkill I suppose but I mean yeah like I said nurses would have a, a different role that they play there and it might be you know the, the other end of the scale I suppose yeah yeah right so once you've sort of left Talbot, how did you go settling in at home? Did you did you have to have any modifications or anything like that? Yeah, so um, uh, TAC were pretty good. Um, they looked after modifying my mum's home because so I was still living at home with mum. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, they did the bathroom renovations. Um, they put a ramp out the front, a ramp out the back um, for me to use a wheelchair to get in and out of the home. Um, yep. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, not really. I think that was the only, the only things. Just the yeah, the bathrooms uh, or the bathroom and um, yeah, the ramps. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Didn't get the kitchen done or anything. Were you not into cooking at the time? No. Nah. No. Nah, fair enough. Yeah. See, I'm. I love cooking, so I've got to like get my kitchen renovated as well. But um, don't know when that's happening. But hopefully, hopefully sometime in the near future. Just kind of miss me cooking. Mm-hmm. But um. Yeah, so that's all right. Do you do you remember much of your life prior to your injury? Oh yeah, yeah. So um, just had normal life, normal upbringing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't know. Went what What were you into? Um, oh, I don't know really. Um, you know, I always loved boats. Yeah. Um, in the cars, just yeah, normal things really. Yeah. Were you play any sports or anything? Uh, oh, not really. I when I was a kid, I did swimming and. Um, played a bit of tennis. Yeah. Um, used to kick the footy at school. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's about it, really. Not not a great sportsman, but yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel you there, mate. I was absolutely dog shit at anything with a ball. <laughs> but that's a... Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't put much energy into it either, you know. Like, I like, love the social side of, of the football club that I played at. But I was no good. Like, I wasn't enjoying playing. I was just getting smashed. I was too small and, mate, I could kick a footy about 10, 15 metres. That was it. So, yeah. But that's, for me, once I sort of started to get into dirt bikes after, I, believe it or not, I broke my arm. Ride my dirt bike, and then I was like, "Oh, I'm going to quit football and just keep riding dirt bikes." Which, right. I mean, probably doesn't sound right, but it is what it is. Yeah, well, I did have um, I did have a little PWA eighty that got me um, yeah, a little PWA eighty when I was a kid. Yep. Um, he got a couple of ag bikes. Um, used to ride them around, but yeah, beautiful. Yeah, didn't get too much involved in dirt bikes, but yeah, yeah. Did, did have a couple when I was growing up. Yeah, beautiful. That's a good. Good little hobby to have, you know, learning how to maintain them and all that stuff. It's all good skills for life as well, I believe. So, yeah, but, excuse me. So when you had had been hit by this train, what was, what were the, like, obviously long-term injuries were the the amputation of your legs. Was there anything else that sort of come with it, um, you know, like mentally that, that was really painful for you or, or you know, with the acquired brain injury, anything lasting there that that you felt, you know, needed addressing? Um, well, not really. Like, um, I think my memory's not the best. Um, yep. I did have an epileptic seizure in 2013. And okay. um, when they did the MRI scans on my brain, um, that section of my brain where I hit my head... Um, was a different colour than the rest of my brain. Yeah. Um, and they sort of they suggested that it was caused by um, the brain injury and the brain healing because it takes such a long time to heal. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's probably the only sort of thing of problem I've had with the brain injury, mainly, um, yeah, the epileptic seizure. Never had one since, so I've been lucky with that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just a little bit of short-term memory sometimes. Um, yeah. Memory around, I suppose, leading up to the accident, maybe a few weeks before, can be a bit hazy. And yep. maybe the first couple of years, even after the accident, um, when I look back, it's still a bit hazy about some of the stuff. Um, I probably did some stupid stuff when I was um, recovering. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, like what? Do you have anything you can mention? Or Yeah, I can I can mention that I was told not to drink, for, drink alcohol for about five years after the brain injury because... The amount of time it takes for your brain to heal, well, yep. I didn't really pay too much attention to that advice. And, yeah, um, okay. Yeah, I think I, I would drink and then um, get aggressive. Yep. Yeah, abuse people I shouldn't have really abused. Um, yep. And, um, yeah, can't take that back, but, you know, I, and I can't blame anybody, but maybe, um, yeah, probably shouldn't have really been drinking so soon after a brain injury. Yeah, okay. Did, do you know how long it takes for the brain to heal as much as it can? I've got no idea. Yeah. Um, like I say, like it was um, 13 years after that I had the epileptic seizure and the neurologist was suggesting that it was most likely caused by the brain still healing. Okay. So I'm not an expert on this, but, um, yeah, they did say to give it at least five years before having alcohol. Yep. Um, which I didn't listen to. And then, um, yeah. I don't know. Brain's a complicated thing. 
yeah, yeah, I've been doing a little bit of research here and there on it because, I mean, I've got a brain injury myself. And when I would drink, it'd be, you know, I could drink half as much as the people I was with and I'd be blackout drunk. And there, there are links that sort of say that brain injuries and alcohol do have an effect on, um, obviously, how long you can drink for and, you know, your tolerance and stuff like that. And I've only just realised that in the last sort of three, four months. But I'm coming up on, like, maybe 15 months sober now. Uh, you know, I haven't had a drink since my son's been born. And, yeah, I just feel like... I don't know, I, I can't find the, the direct answers that I want. There's like trickling information that keep you interested. But to get the, the definite answer I'm after, I can just never find it, which makes things difficult. But at the same time, it's like, well, you know, do I need to know all this information for something that I don't want to do anymore? Probably not. But it, as far as information for other people that do want to continue to drink that have had brain injuries and stuff like that, it'd be great to know. But, yeah, I, like I said, I can't find the, the direct answer to what I want to know. Yeah, well, I mean, firstly, congratulations. Thank you. 15 months, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. a, yeah. I wasn't a big drinker, but, um, you know, like it was regularly on the weekends, but like never during the week. But, um, yeah, I just found it. I would always go through stages when, you know, I'd be like, oh, I'm not going to drink for a while and I'd go three months, four months, whatever, and then get back onto it and my, you know, my fitness for drinking had decreased more and more and then next thing you know, you black out drunk after, fuck, eight cans, you know, and it's, I was just sick of making a dick of myself all the time and, you know, like, my son deserves a dad that isn't going to be hungover and feeling like a fucking idiot for a week after I've played up and... You know, not only that, like, when my partner's pregnant, I don't want her to be worrying about me. So it just made sense to, to give it all up. And when you got a good reason to, it was just simple. You know, I'd, I don't think I've ever been tempted to have a beer since. So that that was easy for me, I think. Yeah, well, I'm no, no neurologist. Um, don't know much about the brain at all. But, um, yeah, probably not having alcohol around a brain injury is a good idea. Yeah. Um, I just know that I was a different person um, yeah. after my accident. Yeah. Um, and adding alcohol into that didn't help. It's like fuel to a fire it's for some people, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And then, yes, m- more so with a brain injury as well. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. What's your, what was your diet like when you left? Because obviously food can be a big factor in, in your moods, whether it's a, a positive factor or a negative factor, you know, if you're eating junk food, you're probably going to feel like shit mentally. So, like, you know, did you did you change your diet or did you just go back to living the way you were? Or, you know, can you elaborate on things like that, please? Yeah, so um, I was lucky, like I said, I was still living, with, um, still living at home. So mum yep. um, would, I'd just eat the food the mum cooked. Yeah. Um, so I suppose I wasn't eating too bad, but then, you know, I'd eat takeaway a fair bit. And I suppose since moving out in, on my own, which I think I was two thousand and six, I think I moved yep. out by myself. Um, I wouldn't really cook much, and um, probably a little bit too much takeaway. Yeah. Um, my weights fluctuated quite a lot. Yeah. Um, I'll lose weight, then I'll put it back on. I'll lose it. Um, but yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, 
good nutrition. There's definitely positives to that. Yep. Um, I can't say that I always do eat good, though. Um, no, nah, mate, you're only human. Mm. You know, unless you're training for a marathon or one of those fucking physique competitions, which I don't understand at all. <laughs> you know, I've... Man, splurge, I reckon, you know, have your takeaway or go to a pub for a meal or whatever it might be. But, you know, I, I'm no one to comment on it because, you know, I still eat shit food every now and then and, you know, smoking all the meat and whatnot, that's, it's not good for you. I can give you the hot tip, but it's fucking tasty, so I'm <laughs> going to continue to do it. Yeah, fair enough. Are you a meat eater? I am, mate. Yeah. Oh, good news, mate. There's a bag of beef jerky right there with your name on it. Oh, very nice. Yeah, yeah we've... Uh, we're lucky to be sponsored by 3099 Jerky and they give us bags of jerky to give to our uh, to our interviewees, I suppose you could say. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Now what what do your days look like? You know, do you do you do you have to is it hard to get up in the mornings with you know, to put on your, your prosthetics and things like that? Yeah, so I'll I'll just jump back. So when I was um I'll say released when I was um, discharged from Royal Talbot yep. as an inpatient. Um, I was fairly lucky because I had, um, you know, good friends and I'd still go out quite a bit and I suppose that um, had something to do with me drinking as well. But anyway. Um, Probably good for your mental health to get out though, you know what I mean? Yeah, and for the first seven and a half years I didn't work. So, yep. I mean, I was oh, getting used to walking and all that sort of stuff. I just didn't work. Um, I did volunteer for a short amount of time. Um, yep. Tried to do a TAFE course. I only did half of it and then got upset because um, but they changed the, they changed the, um, the, uh, the timetable for all the subjects that I had to attend to the afternoon. So by the time I was getting there in the afternoon, all the disability spots were taken in the car park. That so, me. Yeah, I had to park up miles away, and yep. um, this is in Preston. And um, yeah, this, I did speak to him at one stage, stage, and they said, Oh, you might be able to get parking at the um, Preston Market. Well, you know, I wasn't really prepared to walk across from the Preston Market to Preston TAFE, so yeah, yeah, quit that. Um, then I did get a, a compensation payout for my accident. Um, yeah. Bought a house and um, that money didn't last too long. Wasted too much of it on cars and boats. And I'm yep. um, glad I bought a house but found that I had to go back to work. So yep. um, ended up uh, getting a job for six and a half years in North Melbourne. Just driving from um, Clombardane to North Melbourne and back every day, which ah. I, I loved because I love music and oh, yep, yep, beautiful. car. So it was all right. What car did you buy? Uh, well, what, oh, I've had a few. Um what did I have back then? Like, what was your daily? Ah, jeez, I've had a few cars. Um, yeah, okay. Okay, so when when I left hospital, um, I ended up getting a Holden Calais, a VS Holden Calais. Yep. Spent a lot of money on that, changed some stuff around the, the engine and whatever. Um, but then I think I ended up having a Mercedes-Benz for uh, 12 and a half years. Oh, you fancy. Yeah, that was a nice car to drive to work and back. Yep. Um, yeah, uh, XR6, um, Ford Fairlane, like a couple of Ford Fairlanes, um, uh, Ford Mondeo at the moment, Holden Ute. Yep. Um, there, I'm just trying to think, I feel like I'm missing a car. Uh, yeah, another Holden Ute. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, um, that's all right. Yeah, but yeah, just enjoy driving in there. And then um, 
made redundant from that job. Yep. Ended up getting a job with a, a previous boss and um, kept working. Yep. And I felt w- that What was the job, sorry? Oh, so sorry. This is all in vocational education. So pretty much first aid training. Yep. Um, other training as well. Um, yep. But all vocational education. Um, admin work I was doing. Yep. And, um, yeah, worked for this bloke for a while. Um, got a job with another first aid trainer in yep. Kilmore, um, which is close to home. Yep. Uh, ended up working... Oh, I ended up working in Shepparton, worked in Geelong. Yeah, um, okay. I was in Campbellwell for a little while. Were they, were they like, di- different places every day? Is that what you're saying? Or did you have, like, a permanent residency at this job that you had to go to yeah. each day? Yeah, have permanent residency. Um, Fuck, big drive to Geelong each day. Yeah, well, I'd only do maybe two or three days a week. Oh, okay. There. Maybe even just one day a week. Yep. Um, it's casual. Yep. So that was nice and easy. Um, yep. Then got another um, job. In Summerton, in heavy vehicle licensing. Okay. Um, yeah, love the people I worked with there. Um, yeah, that was great. Um, and then uh, just before COVID, uh, made redundant from that job. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, then took on the diploma community services. So I yep. felt like um, I wanted to get into the community service field. Yep. Help people. Um, and then got my role at uh, Nexus Primary Health. Okay. Beautiful. Service. Yeah, right. So did you have your licence prior to to your injury? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yep. And did you have to, like, reset a, a driving test or anything like that after your injury? Kind of. Um, I had a, a vocation... Uh, yeah, a, what are they called? Um, like an occupational therapist? Yeah, an occupational therapist. Um, she was from the Epworth Hospital. Okay. And, um, I just went for a drive around a car with um, hand controls firstly. Yep. Um and I didn't like the feel of the hand control. So they said, well, if you're happy using your, your prosthetic limb, give that a go. So I did, and that was fine. Yeah, and right. Just drove around Richmond and areas like that with a um, bloke from Vic Roads. Yep. She'd be different driving around there now. Yeah, well... It, fucking red lights, cyclists fucking everywhere. <laughs> mate, even then, I'm not used to driving around Richmond yep. anyway. But, yeah, no, nah, even 20 years ago, it wasn't much fun. Yeah, um, right. So, yeah, but anyway, no, they just gave me the tick, so that was good. Okay, and obviously in an automatic car, didn't you say? Yeah, automatic, can't use my left leg, so I can't. Uh, okay, can't so do you have, how would how do you move your left leg? Is it just a matter of kind of pivoting on your right, or do you have motion to be able to, to swing the leg? Well, it kind of swings with my pelvis, Okay, I, I think. Um, uh, there's some electronics in there. Um, I think it kind of dampens the knee. I don't really know how it all works. Yep. Um, but, yeah, there is a bit of technology in there. Okay. Um, helps stabilise the leg so I can put weight on it without it collapsing on me. Yep. Yeah, I've got something similar that goes on the outside of my leg and it um, it bends at my knee and locks my knee and stuff like that, all with different weight transfers that I can do with my legs, yep. which is unbelievable. The, the technology that's involved in it is just berserk and then the price tag that comes with it <sighs> fucking berserk as well yeah they don't have the charge for these um parts <sighs> like a fucking wounded bull mate but yeah that's that's great so you've you got back behind the wheel did you instantly feel like you're a bit more free mentally um you know d- does that make sense because at the moment for me i can't drive 
and I get taxis everywhere. I'm still so dependent on people and, you know, it, it wears me down mentally that I can't do certain things for myself now because of, you know, not being able to drive or, you know, whatever. Did When you were able to drive, did you feel almost weight off your shoulders? Yeah, I did. Um, it did give me back my independence, that's for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I don't remember how long after the accident was that I was allowed to drive. It might have been well, maybe six or seven months or something after. Yep. Um, so I also had to use taxis a lot. And yep. the worst part about that, I don't know if you can agree or not, but um, I had to explain my accident to every single taxi driver. And yeah, I just rolled my eyes because I'm the exact same. Mate, they have no fucking shame asking you, do they? Uh, no. Mate, and you know what, though? I don't mind... Some of them, because they ha- they're good conversational with some of them, you know, but the people that are just picking for answers and then they don't talk to you after that, it's like, oh, fucking, yeah. you know, I don't need to tell you anything anymore. But now I've just got a few taxi drivers' numbers and I just ring them and say, you know, I need to book a taxi for this time and they come and help me out. Yeah, I end up getting the same thing. And, um, yeah, I've got some really good taxi driver numbers and um, yep. I use the same bloke just about all the time. Um, these days, though, don't you really use taxis too much anymore? And yep. where I live in Clumbernane, it's almost impossible to get a taxi. So, uh, yeah, now I just um, just make sure I keep under limit and drive. Yeah, yeah, that's a smart, smart move. Yeah. So, were you, what were you covered by? You said you mentioned before TAC, but you know, being a train incident. It, do they cover train incidents as well? Yeah, it's transport. Oh, so of course, transport, yeah. Yep, and yeah. I assume the tra- uh, trains are insured by TAC or... Yeah, well, I works. suppose, yeah. Yep, so the, a tough question to ask. When you f- Did you fall onto the tracks or do you, do you have any recollection or anyone told you or any footage, anything like that that can tell you how you got down there? Uh, no, no. Um, Got no idea. Um, they there was a suggestion that I may have been standing too close to the edge, and a gust of wind came down the tunnel because it was one of the city loop stations. Okay, yeah. And I remember, um, you know, getting the train home from work. I'd feel that gust of wind, and I'd deliberately stand on the edge and look down the tunnel to see if I could see the train coming. Yep. Yep. And there's a good chance I've done that. Um, but they're kind of suggesting that there's a good chance I was standing too close to the edge and I may have been just taken by the wind. Yep. Yeah, okay. And you said you were down there for five minutes. Were there many people on the platform or were you the only one there? Yeah, so in the surveillance shot, um, there was one other person in the shot of me actually falling. So I think it was one shot every five seconds that was taken with the surveillance footage back then. Yeah. And... um, the shot of me actually falling, there was one other person in the shot, but they said that that person was too far away to have had anything done to do with it, um, and as in pushing me. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that had been ruled out. Wow. Yep. And no, did anyone try to get you up? No, nah, nobody. Might, well, I was there for five minutes and nobody seen me, as far as I can tell. Fuck. These days, that many people get the train, like... Surely someone would have to hop down there to. Tr- I, mean, I know it's a dangerous place in the pit, but yeah, it, that's just it's wild mm. to think that you know no one, no one saw it or no one tried to attend to you. Yeah, I'd say um, I would have been pretty quiet, I suppose, on the station that time of night, and um, 
Was it late at night? Yeah, it would have been the last train, I think. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, okay, yes. I, I was under the impression it was like peak hour. Do you know where, like, was your legs amputated in the hospital or was it by the train? Do you, can you answer that? I don't know. You don't have the answer? No. I, I would assume they were amputated at hospital. Yep. Um, pretty mangled after the train. Could imagine. But I've got no idea. I, I don't think the train would have taken them off, but maybe. Yeah. Do you get nerve pain or anything like that? Yeah, I do. Um, so phantom pain. Yep. Um, probably hits me about every three or four months, and um, sometimes it'll only last a few hours. Yep. And it's pretty intense. Yeah. Um, and then that's good. Sometimes it lasts days, and that's that's real bad. Yeah. So, okay. Um, yeah, I take things like Valium. I take um, uh, what's the? Uh, Not pregabalin. Yeah, that's it. Fuck. I Oh, there we go. That's the word I was looking for. Um, I fucking hate that drug so much. I'm, I'm trying to reduce the amount that I take. But you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. You know, I've got to weigh up whether I want like a clear mind, or, and pain or no pain, and, you know, struggle to remember what day it is, mm. and that's. It's, it's, it's such a hard thing to decide because the nerve pain, I've almost had it under control for a while. Now that I'm trying to reduce the medication, it's it comes back. And like I was getting it last night in bed and it just felt like, I mean, if nerves were ropes in your leg, this is how I was thinking about explaining it last night. You know, you can feel that they start to get a little bit tight and then they just, bang, hit maximum tension, I suppose, and that's when it hurts and then it backs off and disappears. And then it might be 10, 15 seconds later, you'll feel that tingle again and then, bang, it comes back and it goes for hours. But I take cannabis oil and... See, I don't mind taking the cannabis oil because it's natural. I'm I'm not a weed smoker by any means or anything like that. This is my first real experience with cannabis, but I find that that helps a lot, and it's obviously much better for you than than medication. Okay. If, in my perspective, I suppose. Yeah, I've never tried that before. Yeah, um, but the way you um, describe the the feeling of it is yep. similar to how I'll describe it. Um, I've always described it as like um, a, a shoot of lightning um, yep. hitting me like every 10 or 15 seconds. Okay. Like I would just be laying there and then boom, it hits. Yeah, And yep. then 15 or 20 seconds or it might even be um, 40 or a minute and then boom again. Yeah, yeah. wow. So it's shit. But um, I guess maybe I'm a little bit fortunate as in that it might only happen once every few months. Yeah. Yeah, when it does. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Comes in pretty strong. So last night, when when I was copping the um the nerve pain, it was the first time I've really thought about it like that. Every other time, yeah, I would say that it just felt like someone was just electrocuting me, pinching me, and electrocuting me at the same time, and doing it in all different spots. When I get it in the bottom of my heel, it just feels like someone's hammering a three inch nail straight down my heel, which fucking tickles. Yeah, 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 no, it's not good. Yeah. Yeah. So in in respect to injury, do you think that it's stopped you living the quality of life that you that you had prior or that you've always wanted? 
you know, you say you're into boats and everything like that, you know, do you, do you still get out on the water much and do you find ways to do things? Uh, yeah, so um, I guess it could have had an impact on my life like that. It could have had a negative impact. I never let it. So yep. um, as soon as I could um, get out and start socialising again, I did. Yeah. Um, as soon as I could start driving again, I did. Um, yep. I was driving before I was actually allowed to, but you know, that's another story. Yeah. And then... Um, yeah, so I just got back to living as close to I was pr- prior to the accident as possible. Um, yep. Even though I had to hop around on one leg for a long time, um, waiting on this left leg to be um, fitted. Yep. Um, but I made things as close to possible, as close to what I felt was normal as possible. Yeah. Um, That's great to hear, by the way. Yeah, I wouldn't let myself um, feel like um, don't know how to describe. I wouldn't let myself look backwards or get upset about what I couldn't do. I just look at the things that I could do. And, um, yeah, I bought a boat. So I've had one or two or maybe three boats, I think, now since yep. the accident. Yep. Um, yeah, I can't get wet, but I love driving them and um, don't have one at the moment because they do cost too much money really to... You know what boat stands for, mate? Bring on another thousand. Yeah. <laughs> and every time you drive the things, mate, another thousand bucks in damage or whatever happens. Yeah, that's right. So I, um, yeah, I still did all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, didn't board a ski or anything like that, but I didn't really do that much beforehand anyway. So that wasn't a big drama. Um, and as I said at the start, I wasn't really much of a sportsman. So that never really did, didn't really worry me too much. And um, yeah, but you know, I've always been a social person. So. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So when you said you, you can't get wet, do you how do you mean you can't get wet? Like you just don't go in the water or you, you can't get your legs wet? Is that what you mean? So, yeah. Um, so when, when I was saying before, I tried to get everything back to as normal pre, um, pre-accident as possible. Yeah. Um, now I wear my artificial legs all the time. Okay. Except for when I'm in bed. So... I feel normal with them on. Yep. Um, as uncomfortable as they are. Yep. Um, I'll never go out of the house without without them on. Wow, good. Yeah. Um, my wheelchair's never been outside, so. Really? Mm. Well, mate, that's a massive achievement. Congratulations on that. Yeah. Now, yeah. I do admit, when I get home um, after a long day at work, I love getting these legs off because it's so uncomfortable having them on. Yeah. And then just cruising around the house in my wheelchair. But, yeah, if I go out, um, because I've got that thing about keeping as normal, making things as normal as possible. Yeah. Um, yeah, I put myself through that un- uncomfortableness. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, so that's why um, I don't, when I go out boats and stuff, I've still got the legs on. Yep. Um, can't get wet. They, they can't get wet at all? No. Okay. Do you just have a shower bench at home? Yeah. Yep. yep. So um, at the moment it's broken, so I'm using a shower chair. But yep. I um, yeah, I just transfer from the wheelchair to the shower. Yeah. Um, same as when I go to the toilet in the morning if I haven't got dressed yet. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but yeah, I pretty much get up um, same time every morning. Uh, have a couple of cups cups of coffee. Yep. Um, have a shower and get dressed. And once I'm dressed, I'm dressed. Yep. Yeah, okay. Do you do you struggle to get dressed once you've got the prosthetic legs on? Um, nah, I I think I've just got used to it now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Is there do you put them on your, your legs on first? Well, obviously, but you know, do do you stand your 
put your pants over your legs, then put your your legs on, and then pull your pants up, or do you just go two legs, then one leg in each pant hole? Yeah, so I, the pants are already on the legs. Gotcha. So yeah, I'm just putting the the legs on and then pulling the pants up. Yep. Yeah, and they're on. Yeah, that's really adapting and overcoming, isn't it? You know, just making ways to 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 get on with what what you got to do. That's great. I've and the fact that you went went out as soon as you sort of left hospital, started socialising again. I think that's really admirable as well because I personally sort of shelter myself a little bit from going to things, you know. And I've I've started going to things now, but I just feel like a pain in the ass because I've got the wheelchair. So once you started socialising and going out, did your confidence grow or was your confidence affected much? Um, it was a little bit because, yep. um, like, I was all, always worried for some reason, always worried that people might look at me and wonder why I'm walking with a limp or wondering why I look funny when I walk or um, stuff like that. So that was in the younger days, yep. um, sort of post-accident. Um, now it's not something I worry about too much at all. Um, yeah, um, regarding confidence, I think I just, um, I just didn't think about it too much and I just w- w- didn't think about the accident too much. I just went about, um, getting my life back as normal as possible, as normal as I could make it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so that's pretty much what I did. I just, yeah, I tried not to look at the negatives with this sort of stuff. Yeah. And just focus on what I could do. That's a great way to do it. You know, if you if you look at the negatives, mate, it, it can put you in a serious dark place, can't it? And you know, I can relate in in some aspects there, because you know, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. Mm. And yep. you know, there's still plenty to laugh about, still plenty to be happy about. So that's really good. Yep. Was any of your sexual function um, affected of this from this injury? Uh, no, not really. Um, so directly after the accident, yep. um, yeah, I did have pain um, with erections. Okay. Um, but that probably lasted maybe two months or something, three months. Yeah. Um, that might might have been just from being hit by a train. Um, That'll do it. Yeah. That'll do it, mate. <laughs> but, um, Big heavy bastards. Yeah. But nah, since then, nah, no drama. So I've been lucky with that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And my left leg was taken up high enough that my... My member is a bit bit longer than my left leg. Yep. Um, Fuck, not many so, people can say that. Nah. That's not bad. Yeah, so, um, nah, but it still works fine. I've been lucky with it. Yeah, okay, yeah. And your morning routine when you go to the toilet and whatnot, you don't have to take any supplements, nothing like that. It's not like your spinal cord wasn't damaged in any way? No. Wow, that's pretty incredible, actually. Yeah, I was lucky, definitely, yeah. Yeah. Oh, for one. So did you start dating or were you dating anyone around the time of the, the injury? No. No? No, no. Never really had that many girlfriends. I've had a, a few. Yeah. Um, but no, not really. Never worried about too much. So I've always been mainly single. Yep. Um, but yeah, always enjoyed my life. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Do you have a partner now? No. No, okay. And do you live alone? Oh, uh, yeah, live alone. Yeah, yep. got got plenty of good friends. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the main thing. A lot of my friends are single as well. Yeah, nothing wrong um, with that. Yeah, so um, we don't really – most of my friends don't have kids. I've yep. got friends that do have kids. Um, yep. Yeah. Most of us are just single. Um, they go out for dinners a lot, drinks. Um, just everyday battlers. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's nothing wrong with that at all, mate. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's your go-to when you when you go out? Where do you head? Do you go to the pub or is it a restaurant thing? With oh, could be anything. Um, yeah, often go to pubs. Yep. Yeah, I like the live music. Yeah, um, love having a schooner and yeah, watching a live band or um, yeah, like going out for nice meals as well. Yep. Good restaurants. I love all that. Yeah, beautiful. And these are things that I can still do. And they're things that, you know, nearly anybody can do unless you can't eat. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, no, I do enjoy it. That's okay. And how do you go get, getting upstairs and things like that? What's the process there? Do you stand on your on your left leg and lift your right and then push through? Can you explain that? Um, it's one step at a time. Yep. Um, when I think about it, yeah, I must do what you just said. So take one step up with my right foot. Yep. And then Which is the one that's amputated below the knee. That's right. Yeah, yep. so I've still got the control of the knee. So, um, yeah, so I'll stand up on the right, take the step up, and then the left will come up with me. Yep. And then I'll put weight on the left and lift the right again. Yep. Um, don't do stairs too often. I, I try to avoid them if I can, but... Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if I've got to do a few flights of stairs, I can do that, no problem, really. Yeah, okay. Okay, so how long after you sort of got your left prosthetic leg did you go from using crutches to a, a walking stick? Uh, that was about 10 years, and the reason for that was just um, a change in technology. So originally when I first got my left leg, there, there was a hip joint and there was a knee joint, and they were both just like um, door hinges and just swinging open and closed. Um, where uh, now the the hip joint's got like um, hydraulics or something in it, um, controlled by a microprocessor. Wow. Um, the hip, oh, that's the knee joint, sorry, the hip joint. Um, yeah, it's, well, I don't know what the hip joint's got in it, but something good. And Fantastic. Yeah, it makes it uh, a lot easier to put a lot of weight on that leg without it collapsing or anything on me. Yeah. How did the prosthetic limbs stay on? Uh, um, the left leg, it's strapped around my waist. Okay. Pretty uncomfortable. Um, when I'm sitting down for long periods of time, I do a lot of driving as well for my job. So um, I'm sitting down for long periods of time. My stomach's pushed up because of the big band that goes around my waist. Um, so it is uncomfortable, but, yeah, that's what holds the left on. And the right's just held on by a, a pin, um, a, a socket sort of thing, um, or a sleeve, I'm not sure what you call it, that goes over the stump. Yep. And um, locks into the um, prosthetic. Yep. So is that what you refer to your left leg as, you know, without the prosthetic, a stump? Um, without, yeah. Yeah. So, so, like, if someone was to say that, it wouldn't offend you or anything like that if you that's how you speak about it yourself? Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, that's what it is. Yep. Um, so, yeah, the residual limb is just referred to as a stump. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I didn't know that. That's there you go. I can learn something new. <laughs> yeah. Oh, very good. What's the uh, What's the future look like now? Have you got any? Is there new technology that you can see that you want to try or anything like that when it comes to your your limbs? Yeah, at the moment, um, I, I can be a bit hesitant with trying new things because I'm comfortable at the moment with what I've got. Okay. Um, I'm. I worry a little bit that I'm. Things are going to get too advanced, and um, I might not be able to manage the new technology. Like I, I feel safe and comfortable with what I've got. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, 
for me to change what I've got um, can change everything. It can change the way I walk, the way I sit, the way um, the way I drive a car. Everything yeah. can change, and even just the slightest change, even when I go to Royal Talbot to get a small adjustment made, can throw everything out. Um, can throw out my my posture. Can throw everything out. So um, I can end up with back pain. Um, yeah, it's just I try to you know not make any changes where I can. Yeah. Well, once you got it sorted, don't fix what not what's not fucked. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I got you. There you go. So you spoke just just then about not changing much technology because you're comfortable. So who's your provider? Oh, sorry, insurer. You said TAC. Yeah. Did they inform you about new technology that you can try, or is it a OT that you would go and see, and then they say to the to your insurer you know we think we should try this for him mm. um i do a lot of internet searches um, okay and i always try to keep up to date with um what's new yep um i'll normally have um chats with my prosthetist if i pronounce that correctly um that looks after prosthetic limbs yep um and yeah he's normally up to date with everything that's new and he'll often um get uh like um, stuff for me to try. Okay. Yeah. So like to, to test it out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, um, yeah, he's always good with that. Um, and then he'll just put through submissions to the TOC. It'll get approved or, or not approved. I don't think I've ever had any problems with TOC. <coughs> with the TOC, but... Um, Lucky yeah. you. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> no, uh, it's always been pretty good. But, yeah, like I say, I'm always hesitant about change. Yeah. Um, because... You know, I can walk, I can drive a car, I'm okay at the moment. Um, as far as the future, I'll just take every day as it comes, as far as technology goes. Yeah. And and I can try things, you know, and I'm not forced to use them, so. Yeah, that's that's really good. When they alter your, your prosthetics and you said it throws out your back, do you just go and get like a, go see an osteo or something like that to sort of fix up your back? Oh, I've got some heavy duty painkillers at home, so yeah, um, yeah, it's it's like if there's a change made, um, I'll get used to it, and Bob, my body will adapt to it. And yep. I've been lucky; it doesn't really take that much for it to adapt. It's just uncomfortable. It's just I prefer no change. That way, I don't have to worry about going through the adaptation process. But um, yeah, I just. Um, yeah, I don't know, like if I'll take anti-inflammatories, I'll do everything if there is pain. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, my body does adapt and I probably won't forever. Um, yep. The older I get, probably the harder things are going to get. But, um, yeah, I'll just work with what I've got. Yeah, okay. Do you take regular medication each day? Yep. So I take um, just stuff for uh, indigestion, reflux. Okay. Um, and... Um, I have to take a tablet now since I have that epileptic seizure. Okay. And it just slows, apparently slows down activity in the brain, just that if one ever happens again, um, it might be intense. Um, the one that I did have in 2013, the only one, um, I did have three crush fractures in um, yeah, three of my vertebrae. Wow. So, um, in my back. So I had a pretty sore back after that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, so how did that happen? Did you when you had their seizure? No, I was sitting at the table with family and um, 
I don't know, I might have, would have been having a cup of coffee or whatever I was doing and um, and all of a sudden apparently I started to seize up and I think they took me from the chair and laid me on the ground. Yeah. And then I woke up um, and I thought that I've, I'd been, um, I'd slept on the on the ground, on the floor of the kitchen or the dining room, wherever we, wherever I was at the time. And um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I had a seizure. So yeah, never, never had one before and I've never had one since, so. Yeah, okay. And the people you were with, did they react rather quickly that you've heard? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And they've obviously had some form of training or just oh, just smart enough to know <laughs> to lay you down so that you don't... I think they were smart enough, yeah. And um, there was an ambulance there. So yep. they, they would have got onto the ambulance pretty quickly. Okay. How did you, you manage the crush fracture? Sorry. Crush fracture. Far out. Hang on. <laughs> Crush fracture. Fracture. Yeah. Um, well, apparently it was just from the seizure. So everything just seized up and, and caused three fractures in my back. Wow. Okay. So I've, like you said, they've laid you down. But when you first mentioned that, my first thought was you might have fallen over or fallen off the chair or whatever it might have been. Yeah, no, no. Apparently they laid me, they got me off the chair and laid me on the ground while I was having the seizure. Yep. And, yeah, according to the... Um, the doctors and whatever. Um, apparently, there was um, three crush fractures in the vertebrae: um, T10, T9, and T6, or something like that. Yeah, whatever it was. Um, yeah, from the caused by the seizure itself. Wow. So, what was the recovery period for that? Obviously, uh, being spinal, it's you know you got to take it pretty easy. Yeah. So, I think it might have been probably had a sore back for about three months or so. Yeah. Um, it felt like a long time. Um, it might have been less than that, but I, um, yeah, I was just, you know, taking painkillers. Um, luckily with the TAC, they provided some um, in-home support for me. So because I was living by myself, I had um, carers that come across every morning. Okay. Um, you know, just to help me transfer from the wheelchair to the share and stuff like that, which um, normally I could do no problem by myself. Yep. But, um, yeah, I, um, yeah, I needed some assistance when, um, when that happened. When you first learned to transfer in and out of your wheelchair, did you struggle with that at all? Like I was only looking back on videos of me learning how to do it just yesterday and, you know, I look at it now and I think, like, why was that so hard? You know, like now I can do rather big transfers um, from my wheelchair to a car or, you know, over something onto the couch. But looking back at it, I was like... I. I it didn't make sense of how hard it was. Yeah, I don't really remember, to be honest. I mean, that was, um, yeah, 23 or 24 years ago or something. But um, Yeah, I suppose, yeah, I don't remember <laughs> anything from that, from that one ago. I do remember um, originally they were teaching me how to do it and stuff and they used slide boards and, yep. and things like that. Yep. Um, and when I um, – I remember being at Royal Talbot and they weighed me at one point. I think I weighed 23 kilos. So 23 kilos? Yeah, and that's when I was 19 years old. So, Fuck, you would have blew over in the wind, mate. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't think I had that much strength in my arms back then. But, um, you know, since then, of course, I've probably built up a bit of strength in my arms and now I can transfer no drama. But um, I don't really remember what it was like when I first had to do it. But I do remember the slide boards and... yeah. Yeah, I, I had to learn on a slide board then sort of, you know, they would like get rid of the slide board and, 
you know, position my chair nice and close to things and, you know, you sort of do like a lift, what they call a lift transfer. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, now it's getting, my legs are getting stronger to the point where I, I do take a lot of my weight through my legs when I think I was learning, I, I couldn't put any weight through my legs. So I guess now I've said it out aloud, that's why I struggled, um, you know, back back when I was first learning how to do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So overall, you're, you're, I always hear things, you know, from people at Talbot, I had a good experience, I had a bad experience. I had a – my experience here was great. That was so accommodating for my family and I. You know, we lived there um, – what was it? We – be Monday to no Friday sorry Sunday night and we'd leave Friday afternoon and we'd come back home for two nights and then my like my partner and my son lived in there with me so that was amazing for me and the, uh, the staff in there are brilliant but overall how was your experience yeah it was great yeah I, mean, I was in the older part of Royal Talbot um yep. so not the new Mal Award but um yeah it was great like um the first probably week I was just settling in and um, I was a bit reserved and quiet but yep. um, once I started meeting people uh, they ended up putting me into a mixed room um, with two other blokes oh two or maybe three other blokes yeah and yeah formed good friendships with them um, and yeah it was good good food wow that's a that's <laughs> great to hear wasn't too bad um, I don't know what it's like now but back in not the good Right. <laughs> I'll give you the hot tip. Not good. <laughs> right. No, back in those days, um, there was like a communal kitchen. Yep. Don't know if it's still like that. Is it? Was it down the bottom between where Spinal and Mallor is now? No, well, it was upstairs in the old part. Yeah. Um, yeah, we used to go and there'd be different things in Bay Marie's and just pick what you want. Oh, beautiful. Out of maybe two or three selections and, um, yeah, it wasn't too bad. Yeah. Oh, that's great to hear. Yeah. I often hear, you know, uh, just people are always going to give mixed reviews on just about everything, but you know, I I take that with a grain of salt, and I'll you know my my experience overall was was fantastic. So that's a absolute credit to the staff there. You know, if I ever win shitloads of money, I'm gonna gonna probably chuck a couple of million into doing the place up a little bit. I reckon because <laughs> it could use yeah. it use a lick of paint, that's for sure. Right. It's still the same. Getting through it, the accident for me, was um, as shit as it was um, getting staples taken out each day. Every day they'd take out a couple more staples. Yeah. Um, every day they'd pull out stitches and all this sort of stuff. And it was pretty painful, um, a lot of it. So you had um, feeling down there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Unfortunately, I, um, which I know some people probably prefer to have a feeling. I didn't want the feeling because it was bloody painful. Yeah. Um, getting those uh, staples pulled out. But... um. Yeah, I think um, just getting life back to as normal as I could make it, um, getting back to work was a big thing. Um, yeah. And that, you know, I don't know where, where I'd be without work. Um, yeah. That's uh, always been a positive. Um, and now I'm in a job where I'm I'm helping people, so... Yeah, that's got to be a rewarding feeling. Yeah. Yeah. How many, do you know how many staples and stitches you had in total? Oh, I've got no idea. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Or maybe more than 50, maybe up less than 100. I don't know. Yeah. And they were in both legs, were they? Uh, in the left, in my where it was taken just below my hip. Um, yeah. And the um, skin graft was stapled on. 
Where was the skin graft from? From my right thigh. Okay. Yep. How deep do they? I don't know. I, I don't know a whole lot about skin grafts, but how do they do it? Do they just cut down to the flesh, or I got no idea. Because I would have been in a coma. Yeah, <laughs> fair point. Yeah. Yeah, got no idea. But they didn't give you any insight after it. Nah. Oh, I suppose 23 years ago, like we said, memory doesn't last that long. Yeah, they may have told me, but no, I've got no idea. Yep, yeah, yep. Um, yeah, I think just getting back to work, getting life back to as normal as you can make it for yourself. Yeah. The most important thing. Um, and it was for me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, not sort of, I don't know, I guess a lot of people look at, um, I have to look for the word, but. Uh, the word when you when you look at the bright side of when you look at the positive like silver lining type thing yeah when you're thankful for all the positives that you've got in your life yep um and you you sort of focus on all those positives rather than the negatives you can't change anything so you're better off just focusing on the good things um and just being aware you can't change the negatives yeah but you can change your, your future so yeah, yeah, that's a brilliant thing to say. So you're you're pretty grateful for the life you have now, by the sound of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that that's fantastic. So when I've had a chat to um, some neuro physios and whatnot, and we we were on the topic of nerve pain. So when when you get nerve pain, do you feel like you could feel where your foot was? Yeah. See that when I first heard that. Because um, I had a gentleman on the podcast named Alex Hanley, and he's got a or a dead arm. I don't know the the, the proper word for it, but you know we were talking about you know whether it's worth amputating or whatever. And then when I mentioned it to my physio, he said, "Well, believe it or not, even if it's amputated, he would feel like he gets nerve pain in his fingertips, or you know, to to a part of his arm or the limb that isn't there." And that blew my mind. Can you speak on that to confirm or deny whether you get that? Yeah. So I get two – well, there's two types. There's um, phantom sensation and phantom pain. So phantom sensations where I can feel the limb because the nerves are still there as far as I know. Like yep. your brain still can feel um, what, what the limb would feel like yep. or how to move that limb. Um, okay. Like if I think about – wiggling my toes for example which i don't have um well i know how to wiggle toes and i can sort of feel it um even though they're not there so that sort of phantom sensation and then phantom pain is completely different that's where i get that shock of lightning that bolt of lightning every few seconds um yeah so i guess that if um yeah if you if you don't have a limb the nerves are still there you still feel it. Yeah. That's incredible, isn't it? Mm. Wow. Yeah, that's that's yeah, a bit eye opening. Because yeah, like I said, when I first heard that, I thought, no, how's that possible? But yeah, I suppose you you don't forget how to do certain things with your body, and and I can relate to some aspect of you know moving my left leg, uh, extending my well, like a knee extension. I can't really do it. I'm trying my hardest to do it. But then when it doesn't move, I often think, like, wait, am I doing it right? But it's all the nerves not sending the message or the message getting blocked yeah. that, that affects me, um, you know, moving my legs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but when you, 
when you sit down, does that sort of come from your your right leg, which you still have below, to below the knee? When you sit down, is that all the weight pretty much going through your right um, hip flexor and I suppose your quad muscle and hamstring? Um, yeah, it'll be going through my left leg as well and well, okay. through, through my, my bum, I suppose. I'm sitting on my bum. Yep. So, um, yeah, I mean, on the left-hand side, I do have the hip socket around my waist. Yep. And I'm sitting on that. Yep. Um, with my left side of my bum. Um, and on my right side, yeah, I'm just sitting on my bum. So, um, yeah, I guess it's the weights are evenly, fairly evenly distributed. But yep. Yeah. Yeah. When you were in physio and whatnot, did you have to work on building strength in in your right quad hamstring, glute, all that type of stuff so that you could sit down from, you know, from a stand to a seat and then vice versa, from a sit to stand. Was there much sort of exercise or weight lifting going on to to try and build that muscle or did you find it was a lot of walking helped? Yeah, I think it was mainly balance. Okay. There was lots of of exercises where you'd sit down, stand up, sit down, stand up. Um, walk in between parallel bars, sit down. Yep. Um, and with the left leg um, being underneath my bum, I did have to work out how to sort of bend the knee and everything and the hip joint to, to allow myself to sit down. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it's – I'd say more balance, but there was definitely like – there was definitely strength-building exercises for my whole body. Yep. Um, because now I've got to use my arms and shoulders and back and stuff so much. Yeah. Um, there was exercises for my trunk. Um, yep. To help, you know, sit there and, uh, you know, to sit and support myself with balance. Yep. yep. Yeah, right. That's interesting. Very interesting. So now that now that we've got that out the way, the fun questions come. Right. Well, question, sorry. What can get fucked? 2024, the world's... Bullshit crazy. What can get fucked? Oh, I'm sure you've had this before, but I would say woke. Yeah, fucking it's very popular, that. <laughs> yeah, I'm over all that shit. So. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realise what woke was. I thought it was people waking up to the corruption, but it turns out it's kind of like the other side of it. Hmm. What, what's your best way to describe it? Um, just people whinging about situations. Um Really, just let people live their own lives. Yeah. Let people, like, as long as nobody's getting hurt, um, just enjoy your life. Yeah. Do what you, you've got to do. Make other people happy. Yeah. Um, yeah, don't try and stand up and say, you can't do this, you can't do that. Yeah, if it's got nothing to do with you. Yeah. Yeah, I completely get you there. Well, for me, this week, it's Woolworths and Aldi, which... I'm a big fan of Aldi, but if you're not celebrating Australia Day because it fucking upset someone, well, yeah, you can get fucked this week. So, to me, Aldi, Woolworths, get a dog up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's my two cents on that topic. Yeah. But uh, while I've got you, the beef jerky selection, at the moment it's running slim. The boss man's away on holidays and he deserves it. He's worked his clacker off. So, the 3099 beef jerky that we have in stock... Original smoky barbecue, garlic and teriyaki. Take your pick, brother. Well, I might have to be a bit boring and go the original. Oh, no, you're not boring. It's bloody 
dynamite tucker, that's for sure. It's um, yeah, really, really tasty stuff. So I'll get you a bag of that. And I just want to say a big thank you for coming on. Um, it's a for some people, it's tough to talk about. You seem to be pretty okay with it. So yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate your time. And um, yeah, you're welcome on here anytime. Beauty, thank you. No worries at all, mate. Thank you. Cheers, mate.